0: Uh, by the father of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we've reached the 13th uh, night of the blessed and sacred month of Ramadan Many of those who are uh, praying in masajid that have uh, um, a taraweeh in which there's a, the tarteeb of a khatam have already passed the halfway uh, point in their recitation. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it mubarak. Uh, the rest of the half, those who missed the first half inshallah, go get the second half. It's not something to be missed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man قام رمضان imana واحتصاب غفر min The one who stands the nights of Ramadan in prayer in faith in Allah Ta'ala and hope for reward from him, Allah Ta'ala will reward him by forgiving all of his sins or all of her sins. And the qiyam that's uh, referred to is this qiyam of, of taraweeh, uh, according to the fuqaha, the great fuqaha have made nas on it, that this is this is exactly what that means. So Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala give us, give us tawfiq, now that the days are, are slipping through our fingers. Um, it's time to double a person's efforts and himma and courage and uh, make a little bit of sacrifice. It's okay to lose a little bit of sleep or go through a little bit of difficulty uh, because the one whose uh, Ramadan is straight, their 11 months uh, will become straight as well. Allah ta'ala make us amongst them. Also, uh, mashallah, an update. By Allah's fadl, we've reached about a quarter of our goal um, for uh, the uh, space, getting finding a space for ribat. Uh, we're uh, somewhere around $4,800 um, toward th- getting a space that we can uh, purpose and fashion for our durus and so that we can host uh, activities like this. Um, you know, people ask me, where are these uh, majalis being recorded? They're in the basement. So, mashallah, we, sometimes we uh, invite brothers over. Uh, for it But inshallah If we have our own dedicated space We can make Arrangement for everybody to come And uh, uh, Without it being a burden On the household Or, or, or what not So if anybody is interested Or gets benefit From these durus Inshallah Again you can go online uh, At uh, ribat Dot org Forward slash donate uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Reward you And spread the good So Today we continue From the Qashul Mahjub uh, Reading the Biographies of the ancient Mashayikh And so today we we read, uh, start with uh, Bishr bin Harith al Hafi. Uh, Bishr al Hafi, uh, Rahimullah Tabarakwa Ta'ala, was associated with uh, Fudayl bin Iyad and was the disciple of his own uh, uh, maternal uncle Ali bin Khashram. He was versed in the principle as well as the derivative sciences. Uh, His taking up the path of righteousness began as follows One day when he was drunk, he found on the road a piece of paper on which was written, uh, in the name of Allah, the most compassionate, the most merciful, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim He picked it up with reverence, uh, perfumed it, and laid it in a clean place. And the same night he dreamed that Allah said to him, O Bishr, as you have made my name sweet, I swear by my glory, that I will make your name sweet both in this world and the next. Thereupon he repented and took the path of zuhud, of asceticism, giving up this world. So intensely was he absorbed in the contemplation of Allah that he never put anything uh, uh, on his feet. When he was asked the reason of this, he said, The earth is his carpet and I deem it wrong to tread on his carpet while there's anything between my foot and it. This was one of his peculiar practices. In concentration of his mind on Allah, the shoe seemed like a veil between him and Allah. This is, uh, uh, I mean, obviously it's not a matter of deen. It's not like there's anything wrong with wearing shoes or or whatever. But this is his uh, mushahada and his bearing witness to uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because obviously you cannot see Allah ta'ala. So certain things, they, they take they take place They, they stand in place uh, um, Like for example A person when they kiss the black stone The black stone billah, Is not part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But it is a, a symbol Which Allah has chosen To be the object of Us showing our veneration for Allah ta'ala uh, And so uh, this is also something that I've heard from many of our mashayikh and elders. Hazrat Sheikh writes it in his books as well, that the adab of the Muslims is not like the adab of the Farangi. That the uh, food should be set on the table and then they sit and they'll eat once uh, you know one another shows up. And that's bad enough. It's even worse that uh, you know oftentimes people won't eat until whoever's the rich person, Whoever is the honorable person shows up. Uh, those who have some sort of courtesy they'll at least wait till everyone comes, and that's bad enough. Um, rather, the the way of the Muslims was the other way around. That the people should come and sit at the dastarkhan, at the table spread, and uh, then the food is brought, and uh, once the food is there, uh, you start eating. Nobody is wait- Nobody is waited for, and the reason for that is that the food is the ni'mah of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and it's like Allah Taala's representative at the table. Uh, and so that shouldn't wait for anybody rather uh, the people should wait for it so this is this is this is kind of like a this is kind of the the way of our elders the way that they used to try to find ways to revere Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by looking for his uh looking for his blessings or his ni'mah uh uh in the world this is one of his peculiar practices in the concentration of his mind on Allah a shoe seemed to him, a veil between him and Allah. Uh, and that's what Hafi means. Hafi means barefoot. Bishr al-Hafi is, is Bishr the barefooted. It is related that he said, whoever desires to be honored in this world and exalted in the next world, let him shun three things. Let him not ask uh, a boon of anyone, nor speak ill of anyone, nor accept an invitation to eat with anyone. No man who knows the way to God will ask a boon of another human being, since to do so is a proof against his ignorance of Allah. If he knew the giver of all boons, he would uh, not ask for a boon from any fellow creature. Again, the man who speaks ill of anyone is criticizing the decree of Allah, inasmuch as both the individual himself and his actions are created by Allah, and on whom can the blame for an action be thrown except for on the agent." By the way, these, these statements, they should be interpreted through the lens of spirituality. They are not ahkam of fiqh, that a person should say, well, you know, like it's permissible to ask for... This. No, it's, it has nothing to do with that. This has to do with how a person is sensitive to Allah Ta'ala uh, in, when going about, uh, you know, the things in their day. These are not legal pronouncements. This is, again, a man who speaks ill of anyone is criticizing the decree of Allah inasmuch as much as both the individual himself and his actions are created by Allah. And on whom can the blame for an action be thrown except for on the agent? This does not apply, however, to the blame which God has commanded us to bestow upon thee, uh, kuffar. Thirdly, uh, as to his saying, do not eat of men's food. The reason is that Allah is the provider If he makes a creature the means of giving to you your daily bread, do not regard that creature but consider the daily bread which Allah has caused to come to you uh, does not belong to him but belongs to Allah. If he thinks that it is his, then he is thereby conferring a favor on you and do not accept it. In the matter of of daily bread, one person does not confer upon another any favor at all because according to the opinion of the Orthodox, the daily bread, ghidah, is food. Uh, although the mu'tazilites uh, they hold it to be property and god and god not any being nourishes mankind with food this saying may be explained otherwise uh, if it is uh, taken in a profane sense profane sense meaning uh, metaphorically so the the uh, next uh, uh, the next person who's uh, biographical entry i wanted to read bear some similarity in the sense that both of bishar al-hafi and uh, the next person uh, are contemporaries of imam ahmad bin humble although imam ahmad bin humble had uh, uh, some robust dis- uh, disagreements uh, with the latter uh, he was actually quite uh, uh, he was quite uh, uh, respectful and and loving of the former Bishrul hafi was somebody that Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal had a very high opinion of and used to revere So the next the next biographical entry is Abu Abdullah Al-Harith uh, ibn Asad al-Muhasibi So uh, uh, Al-Harith al-Muhasibi is a uh, a very celebrated and uh, important figure in the history of tasawwuf and he is one of the first people again who uh, writes uh, a, a book on the uh, on the subject of a person's self-purification. He was learned in the principle and derivative sciences and his authority was recognized by all the theologians of his day. He wrote a book entitled Ri'ayat uh, uh, on the Principles of Tasov as well as many other books. In every branch of learning Sorry, it's sorry, not ri'ayat, it's ri- ri'aya. ri'ayatu, ri'ayatu The observance of what is due to God uh, on the principles of Sufism as well as many other works. In every branch of learning, he was a man of lofty sentiment and noble mind. He was the chief sheikh of Baghdad in his time. It is related that he said, uh, uh, Al ilmu bil harakah. He said that the one who is acquainted with the secret motions of the heart Is better than the one who acts with the motions of the limbs The meaning is that knowledge is the place of perfection Whereas ignorance is the place of search And knowledge at the shrine is better than ignorance at the door Knowledge brings a man to perfection, but ignorance does not even allow him to enter uh, that path to perfection. In reality, knowledge is greater than action, because it is possible to know God by means of knowledge, but impossible to attain Him by means of action. This, by the way, this is this all bears uh, a repetition. This is completely... Uh, this is completely uh, uh, diametrically opposed to the modern reality of movement Islam that we uh, that we live in. That this is harakat of fulan and harakat of this and harakat of that, everything is just a movement. Movement Islam uh, and movement Islam seems to be. You know, cast a pretty long shadow over the practice of the deen in North America as well. And it is uh, it is diametrically opposed to both our aqidah and our, uh, our tasawuf, in which the idea is that the knowledge is superior to the action itself. The ilm itself is an act of piety that's superior to the action. There's a discussion as to whether a person... Who does no action whatsoever? Are they better than the person um, that has knowledge with no action, or the person with uh, uh, action without knowledge? Uh, that discussion is—it's not even—it's not even a thing. Why? Because uh, knowledge is a prerequisite to having action accepted by Allah Taala. If you don't have any knowledge, your action is just going to cause you—it's uh, uh, just going to cause you harm in this world, and it's going to cause you harm in the in the hereafter. So there's a discussion as to whether knowledge without action has any use, but uh, there's no discussion as to whether uh, knowledge itself is superior to action itself. The knowledge is definitely superior because it's a prerequisite. And when a person has knowledge, then the action can have value. If a person has no knowledge then the action, can't have any value in and of itself. So this is something worth reading again, because this is the, the the understanding of the Dean of our forefathers with regards to uh, uh, knowledge and action. It is related that he said, "العلم بحركة القلوب في الغيوب أشرف من العمل harakatil الجوارح," i.e., he who is acquainted with the secret motions of the heart is better than he who acts with the motions of the limbs. Meaning that knowledge is the place of perfection, whereas ignorance is the place of search. And knowledge is uh, knowledge at the shrine is better than ignorance at the door. Knowledge brings a man to perfection, but ignorance does not even allow him to enter on the way to perfection. In reality, knowledge is greater than action because it is possible to know Allah by means of knowledge, but impossible to attain Him by means of actions. If He could be found by action without knowledge, the Christians and their monks and their austerities would behold Him face to face, and the sinful believers would have no vision of Him. Therefore, knowledge is a divine attribute, and action is a human attribute. Some relators have fallen to error by reading Al-Amalu Harakat al qulub which is absurd which is absurd, uh, which is a, a different uh, way of quoting the same quote uh, um, that somebody says that, uh, that he said, uh, uh, acting according to uh, 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 the uh, movements of the heart, uh, which is attuned to the uh, unseen realities, is more noble than acting uh, uh, on the limbs. Uh, whereas the quote that he presented right now is that the knowledge of the movements of the heart uh, in the uh, uh, in the uh, uh, unseen uh, in unseen is uh, in the unseen realities has more uh, uh, is more noble than uh, acting uh, on the uh, the the harakat al jawareh the movements of the limbs. He said that some relators of this saying have fallen into error by switching the the first word Enlan uh, to amal. Uh, "...which is absurd since human actions have nothing to do with the motions of the heart. If the author uses this expression to denote reflection and contemplation of inward feelings, it is not strange. For the Rasul ﷺ said, "...a moment's reflection is better than 60 years of devotion, and spiritual actions are in truth more excellent than bodily actions." And the effect produced by inward feelings and actions is really more complete than the effect produced by outward actions. And like a, a little, a, a little, just a caution or whatever, because people will be, oh yeah, I have good feelings inside too. The feelings here are not what makes you feel good. But the feelings here are the ones that are that are uh, prescri- prescribed by the sharia and that were felt by the Prophet wasallam. Not just that a person reads something and says, oh yeah, I feel good now and that's better than me. Uh, you know, whatever praying or, or, or something like that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those inward feelings that 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 are masnoon that come from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the ahwal nabawiyah that 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 are transmitted through the Sahaba anhum. That you feel what you're commanded to feel, not what you want to feel. It says that the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. A moment's reflection is better than 60 years of devotion. And spiritual actions are in truth more excellent than bodily actions. And the effect produced by inward feelings and actions is really more complete than the effect produced by outward actions. Hence it is said, the sleep of a, 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 the sleep of a sheikh is an act of devotion and the wakefulness of a fool is a sin. Because the sheikh's heart is controlled by Allah Ta'ala, whether he sleeps or wakes and when the heart is controlled the body is also controlled accordingly uh, the heart that is uh, controlled by the sway of Allah is better than the sensual part of a man which controls his outward motions and acts of self-mortification it is related that al-harith uh, once said to a dervish to another disciple on the spiritual path kullu Allah uh, wa illa la takun. be for Allah or be be, be Allah's or be nothing Meaning, either be subsistent through God or perish to your own existence. Be either united with purity or separated by poverty. Either in the state described by the words, bow you down to Adam, or in the state described by the words, uh, did there not come over man a time when he was not anything worthy of mention? Uh, 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 uh if you will give yourself to Allah of your own free choice then your resurrection will be through yourself but if you will uh, not then your resurrection will be through God uh, the next uh the next uh, uh biographical entry i wanted to read was of Abu Sulaiman Daud bin Nusayr at tai rahimahullah uh, الله تبارك ta'ala, whose name comes on thee uh, on the silsila aliyah of the طريقة qadiriyah Dawud al-Tai he was a pupil of Abu Hanifa and a contemporary of Fudail uh, and Ibrahim bin Adham and Tassouf he was a a, 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 a disciple of Habib uh, al-Rai uh, he said Habib al-Rai يعني ajami Uh, He was deeply versed in all of the sciences and unrivaled in jurisprudence and fiqh. But he went into seclusion and turned his back on authority and took the path of asceticism and piety. It is related uh, that he said to one of his disciples, If you desire welfare, bid farewell to this world. And if you desire grace, then pronounce the takbir over the next world. Uh, takbir over the next world, meaning uh, read the janazah for the next world. Uh, i.e., both of these places are places of veiling, which prevent one from seeing Allah. Now, again, th- these types of statements—they're not—they don't mean that. Oh, look, you know, they were uncontor- unconcerned with this world or the hereafter, for that matter. Rather, they knew that the this world and the hereafter are both stations that tie back in their existence toward the real existence, which is that of Allah. And a person who wants to go to Jannah, that's great. Uh, A person who wants Allah to be pleased with him, uh, this world will be good and uh, they'll get the Jannah in the next world. But more importantly, they'll get the prize that's even greater than Jannah, which is Allah Ta'ala Himself. And the Jannah comes with it. Um, And so, you know, these are not to be taken as belittling uh, the sharia or this world or the hereafter. Rather, these statements come from very deep and profound hearts that understood everything in its place and knew that Allah is everything, and without Allah, everything is nothing. He said, if you desire welfare, then bid farewell to this world. And if you desire grace, then pronounce uh, takbir over the next world. I.e., both of these are places of veiling places that prevent one from seeing Allah Ta'ala. Every kind of tranquility, faragat, uh, depends on these two counsels. Whoever would be tranquil in the body, let him turn his back on this world, and whoever would be tranquil in the heart, let him uh, clear his heart of the desire of the next world, meaning let him fill his heart with the desire for Allah Ta'ala. It is a well-known story that Dawud used to constantly associated, associate with Muhammad bin Hassan uh, a shaybani uh, uh, rahimahullah taala, uh, but would never receive Qadi Abu Yusuf on being asked why uh, uh, why he honored one of these eminent mashaykh but uh, refused to admit the other into his presence. He replied that Muhammad bin Hassan had become a theologian after being rich and wealthy and theology was the cause of his religious advancement and worldly abasement. Whereas Abu Yusuf had become a theologian after being poor and despised and had made theology the means of his great attaining great wealth and power. It is related that Maruf al Karhi, who we talked about yesterday, said, I never saw anyone who held worldly goods in less account than Dawud Al-Ta'i. The world and its people had no value whatsoever in his eyes. And he used to uh, 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 regard uh, uh, some of the disciples uh, uh, as... Per in his, let me read that again. So I never saw someone who held worldly goods in in less account than al Ta'i. The world and its people had no value whatsoever in his eyes, and he used to regard regard uh, 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 those who were um, the disciples of this path to be beautiful, even though they were uh, even though some of them were corrupt. Meaning what that the fact that someone sought this path and turned their back on thee, uh, on the world, even though they were imperfect. Uh, uh he saw the beauty in them more than he saw than other people see the beauty in this this world so the 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 last uh, uh, set of the last set of uh, uh entries i wanted to read are interestingly enough that uh um the sheikh ali Hajwari who wrote the the Kashfal Mahjub. he actually included Imam Shafi'i, Imam uh, Ahmed and uh, 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 Imam, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa in the uh, bio- biographies of the Mashaykh of the Tariqah. Um, so I wanted to read Imam Shafi'i and Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal's entries. Abu Abdullah Muhammad bin Idris shafii while he was at Medina, he was the pupil of Imam Malik, and when he came to Iraq, he associated with Muhammad bin Hassan Shaibani, shaybani who was the aforementioned disciple of Abu Hanifa. He always had a natural desire for seclusion and used to seek an intimate comprehension of this way of life, until a party gathered around him and followed his authority. One of them was Ahmad bin Hanbal. Then Shafi'i became occupied with seeking position and exercising his authority uh, as an imam and was unable to retire from this world. At first, he was not favorably disposed toward the aspirants of Sufism, but after seeing Suleiman Ra'i uh, and obtaining admission into his uh, society, yani his company, he continued to seek the truth wherever he went. It is related that he said, when you see a divine uh, busying himself with indulgences with ruchas, no good will ever come from him, uh, which is a pretty damning conviction of, of a lot of a lot of the practice of Islam, uh, you know, in the time and place we live in, um, which seems to be uh, basically a patch, uh, patched quilt of of ruchas of dispensations of taking the easiest opinion on every. Uh, On every single thing possible He says when you see a divine Meaning a a, a man of God Busying himself with indulgences With ruchas uh, Nothing will ever come from him That's good The divines are the leader The ulama are the leaders of all classes of men And no one may take precedence of them in any matter And the way of Allah cannot be traversed Without precaution and without the at most of mujahada, self-mortification, and to seek indulgences in divinity is an act of one who flees from mujahada and prefers alleviation for himself. Allah Ta'ala forgive us and, and, and help us. Ordinary people seek indulgences to keep themselves within the pale of the sacred law, but the select practice mujahada in order to feel the fruit thereof in their hearts. Um, The the divines, the people of knowledge and the people of of, of righteousness are amongst the elect And when one of them is satisfied with behaving like ordinary people, nothing good will come from him Moreover, to seek indulgences is to think lightly of God's commandment And uh, the people of Allah love Allah And a lover does not think lightly of the command of his beloved a certain shaykh relates that one night he dreamed of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and said to him, O Messenger of Allah, a hadith has come down to me from you that God uh, has the earth, uh, upon the earth uh, saints of diverse ranks. Uh, um, otad and olia uh, and abrar. Uh, and the pro- Rasul said that the relator of this tra- tra- tradition had transmitted it uh, correctly. And in answer to the shaykh's request... Uh, that he might see one of those holy men, uh, he said Muhammad bin Idris is one of them. Uh, and Then finally, inshallah, we'll read the the, the entry on Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. He was distinguished by devoutness and piety, and was the guardian of the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa and this is, by the way, this is important. I mean, we this is, khair, all of it is important, but this is important that, that you take heed of this. Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, whose uh, madhab is considered like super hardcore and uh, really, um, the you know, many movements later on in Islam, like Zahirism or Salafism or whatever, they take, uh, you know, they take, uh, uh, I guess, at least uh, inspiration, uh, even if they even if they are or aren't. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, you know. Um, ...completely uh, rooted in Imam Ahmad's uh, methodology... ...but they at least take inspiration from him... ...Rahimahullah Ta'ala or Radiullah Ta'ala Anhu... ...and so oftentimes Hanbalism in the age we live in... ...is not associated with Sufism... ...so much so to the point where I've had a lot of people come to me... ...and they say, oh... Uh, how come hanbalis are like so against sufism and how come there's no sufi hanbalis and i'm like uh have have you heard of uh, uh Shah Abdul qadir jilani before and they're like yeah i go guess what he wasn't you know uh um you know he, he wasn't a hanafi like you think he was he was he was a hanbali no really yes he was he was a hanbali and the idea is that the the imam ahmad mashallah because of his extreme uh, uh Extreme, uh, uh, extremely like high rank amongst the muhaddithin, and his his high rank amongst the ulama, and h- the fact that he has a station with the fuqaha. And you know, he has he has he's like the epitome of learning. And he combined it, he combined that with a type of realness and trueness, uh, um, in his character, incorruptibility, uh, makes him like just the most awesome, like uh, example of what tasawuf is supposed to be and those who followed his madhab um, carried that with them uh, people like people like uh, Abdurrahman ibn Jozi ibn ibn al and even 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 Ibn Taymiyyah and uh, 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 and his student Ibn al-Qayyim uh, uh, mashallah um, the fuqaha of the other madhahib may have their battles with him and uh, uh, definitely the mutakallimun the, 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 the and the ulama of aqidah and things like that, they can, they can go at it till they're blue in the face. But Ibn Taymiyyah was a Sufi of the first rate and uh many there may m- many people if they heard that they have a heart attack but if you actually read his books um he mentions the names of all of these mashaykh frequently and uh and in great esteem and he mentions the name of Shabd al-Qadir Jailani in great esteem and uh you know we're not reading the biographical entry on Ibn Taymiyyah right now so I don't want to go too much into it the idea is that the Hanabil have a very deep connection with tasawwuf and a very real and profound connection. And I think that's kind of like missing nowadays. People don't understand that they don't get that. Um, and, uh, mashallah, even if a person doesn't follow the Hanbali madhab, but, uh, the, the methodology of Imam Ahmed of joining between the, the inward sciences and the, uh, the sorry, the outward sciences and inward purity, uh, and the realness that he carried with him that made him, uh, literally the Imam Sunnah al-Jama'ah, he used to be called the Imam of the Sunnah because of his heroic stand that he made in the face of the mu'tazila um, because of that, he, you know, he was a very loved person in the history of this ummah as he well deserves to be and he should continue to be uh, and his story should continue to be told if anyone wants to read it you can in more detail than what we're going to go through right now one can read about read about the 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 entry on him in the saviors of the islamic spirit of Maulana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi as well as a number of other books and a lot of other literature that that's there um that Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal really is mashallah he he's uh he's a great hero of this ummah he was distinguished by devoutness and piety and was the guardian of the hadith of the Messenger of Allah. Sufis of all, uh, of all different schools uh, regard him as a blessed person. He associated with the great sheikhs such as Dunnun al Misri, Bishr al Hafi, Sariya Saqati, Sari who uh, was the sheikh of, of Imam Junaid um, and his uncle, and Ma'roof al karkhi who we talked about yesterday. Uh, As well as many others. His miracles were manifest and his intelligence was sound. The doctrines attributed to him him today by certain anthropomorphists are inventions and forgeries. He is to be acquitted of all notions of that sort. Uh, He had a firm belief in the principles of religion and his creed was approved by all of the uh, men of God. When the Mu'tazila came into power in Baghdad, they wished to extort from him a confession that the Qur'an was created. And though he was a feeble old man, they put him to the rack and gave him a thousand lashes. A'udhu Billah. That's real. That's when you tell who's real and who's not. Allah ta'ala have mercy on him. Even though he was a feeble old man, they put him to the rack and gave him a thousand lashes. In spite of all of this, he would not say that the Qur'an was created. While he was undergoing punishment, his lower garment became untied, his izar, uh, uh, which is what the Arabs wear, right? Arab is, being Arab doesn't mean falafel and shawarma and listening to uh, whatever Um Kulthum or whatever newer pop uh, stars they have, Uh, rather uh, the Arabs have uh, from... Time immemorial, uh, their tribal customs and one of them they used to wear izar, wear like the unstitched lower garment. he uh, says while undergoing his punishment, his izar became untied. His own, own hands were fettered, but uh, 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 from one of his miracles is that another hand appeared and tied it uh, tied it up again. Meaning he was a very he's he was a person who was very had a lot of ifa. And Allah Ta'ala uh, protected him, even in his punishment that his aura should be uh, exposed in front of people. He died, however, of the wounds afflicted uh, on him uh, uh, in this occasion, uh, even though they had later let him go. Shortly before his death, some persons asked him and visited him and asked him what he had to say about those who flogged them. He answered, what should I have to say They flogged me for the sake of Allah, thinking I was wrong and that they were right. I will not claim redress from them on the day of judgment for mere blows. Shortly before his death, some some persons visited him and asked what he had to say about those who had flogged him. He answered, what should I have to say? They flogged me for Allah's sake, thinking that I was wrong and they were right. I will not claim redress from them on the day of judgment for mere blows. (laughs) This is part of deen as well, that people should have so much love for each other. And have so much husnuddhan for each other. Allah Ta'ala forgive me for not being able to be at that mark. There is a reason that the Ummah was powerful at that time. That the people had so much love for one another and were so f- quick to forgive one another, and now, uh, and now people fantasize, uh, fantasize, and uh, have lust and desire for 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 inflicting pain and punishment on one another and making du'a for one another and cursing one another. He's the author of many lofty sayings uh, in in the subject of ethics when questioned on any point relating to the practice or to any practice he used to answer the question himself but uh, as if it were a point of mystical theory uh, he uh, sorry but if it was a point of mystical theory of the haqaiq he would refer the questioner to bishar al-hafi He said that whenever he was questioned on any point of practice, meaning fiqh, he used to answer the question himself, but if it was a point of mystical theory, uh, haqqaiq, something spiritual, he would refer the questioner to Bishr al-Hafi. One day a man asked him, what is ikhlas, what is sincerity? He replied, to escape from the cankers of one's actions, i.e. to let your actions be free from ostentation, hypocrisy, and self-interest. From ostentation, hypocrisy, and self-interest and this is something that our elders were very scrupulous about, to remove conflict of interest, that they should make the deen something that is a source of their benefit of their own nafs, uh, which I guess nowadays has become a standard, in fact has become a large business and industry. He replied, to escape from the cankers of one actions, i.e. to let actions be free from ostentation, hypocrisy, and self-interest. The questioner then asked, What is tawakkul, What is trust in Allah? Imam Ahmed answered, Confidence in Allah that He will provide your daily bread. The man asked, What is Rilah? Being pleased with Allah? He replied, To commit your affairs to Allah. And what is love, Mahabba? Imam Ahmed replied, Ask this question to Bishr Hafi, for I will not answer it while he's alive. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal was constantly exposed to uh, persecution during his life by the attack of the Mu'tazila and after his death by the suspicion of sharing the views of the anthropomorphists. Consequently, Orthodox Muslims are ignorant of his true state and hold him suspect, but he is clear of all that is alleged against him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from the love of his awliya and from the love of the Mashaykh and the ulama and the love of the great people of this Ummah and Sahaba and the, the, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa whatever we were unable to attain through our own mediocre efforts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us through their love whatever we were unable to attain through our own mediocre efforts and Allah ta'ala give us fulfill and rectify through their love those things that we were unable to rectify for ourselves وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين